This is Kevin Evans with the chapter by chapter life class in Crossroads Assembly of God Church in Greenville. And uh, we are just back from Christmas, and the class is altogether overly lively today. Yes. Uh, three weeks ago, we finished chapter 14. And uh, in Acts chapter 14, uh, Paul has just finished his, Paul and Barnabas have just finished his first missionary journey uh, uh, just above Jerusalem there into those few cities. And, uh, and he's returned back to Antioch. And um, I kind of think of this, this reminded me of building sandcastles when I was a kid. I used to really, when I went, the few times that I went to the beach, I would, I'm a creative person and I would bring stuff and I would build sandcastles and there would be towers and walls and little parapets and, and I had detail in it and I would work on it for hours. And then some other kid on the beach would come up and what's the first thing the other kid does when he comes sees your sandcastle? He kicks it and knocks it down. Does he help in building the sandcastle? No. He tears down the sandcastle because that there's just something in the human condition that you see something that's, that's kind of new and different and the first thing you want to do is wreck it. I think, I, think, I think it's a need for personal power. I'm going to let that go. Uh, you may be right. I, I, I'm not sure I can go there. So, um, in chapter 15. That's your female oh. side coming up. Uh, yeah, yeah. In, cha in chapter 15, uh, we, we, it begins with some men came down from Judea. So, this is the guy that's showing up that's going to start kicking down sandcastles. And we have this big fight over, you know, that the church has this first big theological crisis. And uh, Luke dutifully records how all of that was handled. And we can take a lesson from, you know, this is, this is how we should solve our problems. Uh, at least that's one of the lessons we can take away from it. Okay. So I'm going to read the first section, which goes down to verse 21. And uh, we'll take that, and then we'll, after we exhaust it, we'll go to the next section. There's three sections in this. And I have a real question. When you, when okay. you finish, no, not now, no, because no, really. you need no. to read it first. Oh, okay. Um, chapter 15, verse 1 in the NIV. Some men came down from Judea to Antioch and were teaching the brothers. Unless you are circumcised, according to the custom taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. This brought Paul and Barnabas into sharp dispute and debate with them. So Paul and Barnabas were appointed along with some other believers to go up to Jerusalem to see the apostles and elders about this question. The church sent them on their way and as they traveled through Phoenicia and Samaria, they told how the Gentiles had been converted. This news made all the brothers very glad. When they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and elders to whom they reported everything God had done through them. Then some of the believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees stood up and said, the Gentiles must be circumcised and required to obey the law of Moses. 
the apostles and elders met to consider this question. Mm -hmm. And after much discussion, Peter got up and addressed them. Brothers, you know that some time ago, God made a choice among you that the Gentiles might hear from my lips the message of the gospel and believe. God, who knows the heart, showed that he accepted them by giving the Holy Spirit to them just as he did to us. He made no distinction between us and them, for he purified their hearts by faith. Now then, why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of the disciples a yoke that neither we nor our fathers have been able to bear? No! Exclamation mark there in my English translation. We believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we are saved, just as they are. The whole assembly became silent as they listened to Barnabas and Paul, telling about the miraculous signs and wonders God had done among the Gentiles through them. When they finished, James spoke up. Brothers, listen to me. Simon has described, described to us how God at first showed us concern by taking from the Gentiles a people for himself. The words of the prophet are in agreement with this, as it is written, after this, I'll return and rebuild David's fallen tent. This, this is ruins. I will rebuild and I will restore it, that the remnant of men may seek the Lord and all the Gentiles who bear my name, says the Lord. And who does these things that have been known for ages? And that's a quote from Amos. Uh, in verse 19, it is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are returning to God. Instead, we should write to them, telling them to abstain from food polluted by idols from sexual immorality, from the meat of strangled animals, and from blood. For Moses has been preached in every city from the earliest times and is read in the synagogues on every Sabbath. And these people were Judaizers, that word that came down, right? Judea. That is one of the words that is used for them, yes. Because you said from Antioch, but it says they're from, they were from Judea. Okay. Verse 1 says, some men came down from Judea to Antioch. Okay, and, and I think it's interesting. You know, you hung up on, on, on Antioch. I hung up on the word down. Because when you look at a map, you know, I think, you know, I think I, think I go down to San Antonio yeah. when I'm in Texas. Because when you look in a map, I'm here and San Antonio's there. So you're going down. And I think they're talking about altitude, mm -hmm. right? Okay. Because they're talking about attitude. Because everything on the coast. <laughs> Jerusalem is all the all. Fair, because you know the coast is is higher, and then there it's this deep little valley, weirdly deep little valley, and so every city is at a different height to out altitude, out at altitude, and they're always walking up and down hills, evidently in the Middle East. So, uh, yeah, so they're in Judea, down in southern uh, Israel, and they go all the way through Israel and out of Israel and up to Antioch. So this is off the map as far as, you know, I Israel goes. And they've traveled a long way. And they're preaching circumcision. Most of the commentators seem to think that some men in verse 1 and party of the Pharisees in verse 5 is referring to the same people. 
and I think that's fair, judging from reading the story. And what most people are guessing that means is that there were converted, trained Pharisees in, because uh, that was a large cult of people who were, you know, studying, and they're basically attorneys in Jerusalem, and they converted to Christianity and then accepted Christ. And we know of the names of several converted Pharisees already. And these Pharisees who have been steeped in the law of Moses are still wanting to apply their understanding of the law of Moses to this new faith that they're accepting. They're not so much accepting the new faith as adding that to their current situation. So instead of rejoicing that these people are being saved, they're trying to put a burden on these people. Yes, and they're trying to conform God to themselves. They're taking the teachings of these disciples and interpreting them by their own interpretation, which I have to say is probably another very human and normal and understandable way to behave. That's the way we deal with the world. However, they really haven't embraced Christianity. They really haven't embraced God. What they're doing is conforming God to themselves. They're still in charge of their own faith. They're, it's still about them. It's not about God. And I think that's the point. And, and they're looking at all these Gentiles and saying, oh, no, these, these, these can't be redeemed people oh my goodness, look how they're behaving. They're not proper at all because their definition of proper is following the laws of Moses, which they are the arbiters of. So in other words, they thought they were so religious that they weren't religious. They thought that they were or they're so religious, they've lost their faith, which I think is more to the point. Yeah, they've lost the spirituality of it. It's all about the law. And so they're I think they're trying to recapture that spirituality. I think I, I, I kind of empathize with them, but they've missed the mark, you know? And so they're trying, of course, uh, there's also a power play involved here. They're preaching, uh, you know, we have all these uh, disciples of Christ who are preaching and this movement is growing and they're preaching against it and saying, oh, all those guys are wrong. Come listen to me, follow me, you know? And so, they're, they're, they're trying to usurp this movement. I have one question. Okay. Just one? Yes. The question is, do you have to be circumcised in order to be saved? Uh, that's what they're saying. Are you asking me? No, I'm asking the Assemblies of God. No, I mean, no. 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 Okay. The, the 16 fundamental truths. truths. <laughs> <laughs> not, not according to Peter, who yeah. we just heard from. I just from. signed my renewal and didn't say R and didn't ask that question. Didn't <laughs> have to send proof. That's the dissension between Peter and Paul, is because Peter is for circumcision. Paul says it's not a have to for these Gentiles. Peter's not for circumcision. He's just not for circumcision. That's what they're, well, I thought that's what their, their argument was. Arbitrary guys who thought they knew. Okay, here's my next question. Oh, I told you there was more than one. Wow. <laughs> You're married to her. You know her. If the, just say the AG. If the Assemblies of God don't believe that you have to be circumcised to be saved, 
What denomination does believe that then now, I guess? The Jews. You know what? But there's there's still sects of Christianity that probably go by the Old Testament that probably require it. I mean, not a very small sect. It's not salvation. Not, not a mainstream denomination. But it doesn't mean salvation. Well, we had a neighbor across the street. She went to a church that they believed to be a Christian. You did. I mean, nothing's new under the sun. Right. You know, history repeats itself. She went to a church. They still believed you couldn't pork. You still, I mean, you had to keep everything in the Old Testament. So you got little sects that believe that, but as for the major denominations, the major faith movements, no, outside of Judaism, I don't think anybody requires circumcision. So, and Christ doesn't. That's all that really matters. That's all that matters. Well, there's not a lot of Asiatic Jews. True. But... They probably are because they're Jewish. They born in If the New Testament says that Christ is the answer, and it does, why does the New Testament not pay attention to the Ten Commandments, so to speak. Just what asking. I think it says that the Ten Commandments are summed up in love the Lord your God with all your heart, love your neighbor as yourself, which oh, if you actually yes. do those will in turn fulfill the Ten Commandments. Right. Yeah. And I think every He's one smarter of them, than you are, that's yeah. the point. And every <laughs> what I, re I remember back in my Bible classes, every one of the Ten Commandments is somewhere mentioned somewhere in the New Testament except for Sabbath, I think. Adultery, stealing. Yeah, somewhere, somewhere. Hey, quit, you know, Paul says, hey, quit stealing and stuff like that. I mean, there's stuff that's mentioned in well, the New Testament. It, it's, I mean, I think the Sabbath was supposed, because remember, we used to have the blue law. You remember that? But Sunday's not the Sabbath. I know. The Sabbath is not going to church on Sunday. I know. The, the Sabbath, well, and I worked with a man that, that preached it to me that the Sabbath, that every way, everyone had the Sabbath wrong. The Sabbath is Saturday, not Sunday. That's true. That's true. It is. Friday is twilight. My question is, why Saturday and not Sunday? What's the difference? Because the Jewish culture turned Well, it's Emperor Constantine came yeah. in and changed oh, everything yeah. that was true well, Christianity to pagan Christianity and gave it different meanings. He is smarter Sundays than you are. But, but also what happened was, remember the first century Christians were still going to synagogue. They were still going to Sabbath on Saturday. They wanted another day to celebrate just Christianity. So Sunday, which was the day he rose from the dead, became the day of worship. So it, it was traditional, too. Yeah, that's a fair point. But I thought that... You went in Friday night, and you had to break your place before sundown on Friday night for the Sabbath. You rose two nights, three days later, because that's how the Jews counted days, actual... But Sunday's daylight. not Sabbath. Sunday is not Sabbath. No. That's why we have Seventh Day Adventist well, Church. Yeah. Also, Jesus wasn't born on Christmas, so you know. I mean, this is yeah, that's right. And it took the wise men to. And I believe Jehovah's Witnesses do it on Saturday. And then No, no more questions. Well, Jesus. Go ahead, Judy. Jesus in Hebrews said that he came to fulfill the law, not to do away with the law. So basically, when he came. He fixed the things that I guess he was saying that may have been wrong with the law because basically they were saying that there's no way you could actually live up to the law until Christ came. And well, to be clear, there's nothing wrong with the law. No, no. And, and that's why he said he came to fulfill it, not to do away with it. But, 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 the question is, why 
is it wrong to worship God on Sunday rather than Saturday? Well, I think in Romans 15 it says whatever your conviction is, whatever you're convinced of, oh. if you don't do it, then it's sin. God's not going to get upset if you worship him Who on Sunday. Who says it's wrong to worship on Sunday outside of Adventist? He is the only one who's wrong. He's what? He's the one that's right. So there you go. What? Okay, on that thought. Um, so this question of circumcision uh, that the Pharisees are introducing is actually rather goes right to the heart of Christianity because basically it is saying that Christ's uh, salvation, Christ's sacrifice that redeems our sins is not enough. We have to also do this other thing. It's grace versus works. Yeah. It's the original grace versus works argument. And the, uh, uh, Paul and Barnabas and the Antioch church recognized how fundamentally messed up this is and how dangerous this teaching is. And so they felt that they needed to address it. And did they say, you're wrong, I'm right, shut up, you're not allowed to talk anymore? <coughs> no. They deferred to authority. Which means that we see for the first time what the authority is in the Old Testament church. And they send an emissary to Jerusalem because evidently the Jerusalem church is where most of the apostles were st still living. Springfield. Yeah. So they sent them to Springfield and, uh, or, or Jerusalem and uh, it, it, so that they could kind of get a ruling on this decision. And they hold a council, and they discuss it. And Peter, Peter, number one Mr. Big Shot in the Apostles, who you would think would be the head of the church, stands up and argues, because he had that dream and all, you know, that uh, Gentiles are, are part of the body. And Gentiles should not be have this extra, you know, uh, requirement put on them. It is not required. None of the laws of Moses are required in order to follow Christ, only to accept his, uh, only to believe. And so uh, he makes this uh, nice, eloquent argument. Okay, just one quick question. Okay. And, and it's because we have preachers in here, you're not a preacher, okay? Thank you, dear. Thank you. Thank well, you. Yeah, that was a shot. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's, it's honestly just a question. What's wrong then? What is wrong with women preachers versus men preachers? Where, where is that in the scripture? Because we have a church was. where we have two pastors. One is a man and one is a woman. So there you go. I was, I was, under, under, our family. I was under a woman pastor. Our, was our was my sister-in-law really? said yeah. that there should be no women on the stage ever. Yeah, because it's in here. And I yeah. say, well, look at Deborah. God appointed exactly. Deborah as a judge. And she's like, well, that's because no men would stand up. And that's what our society is like today. I'm like, well, if God appointed it, I'm guessing he's okay with it. No, I mean, you can go back. I was under a woman pastor, and she was, she was an anointed pastor. So to me, if a woman pastor is anointed of God, then to me that's God saying it's okay for a woman to be a pastor. Well, the, the Or how else could she have the anointing on her? The reason that I asked is, there are women preachers and there are men preachers. So what's the difference in that distinction? One's a man and one's a woman. Yeah. 
knocking things out. There are certain denominations that won't accept yeah. women. Women should be yeah. silent in the church. Yeah. But that's not the Assemblies of God's but just a second. If if the AG doesn't believe in women preachers, which they do, they do. I know they do. But if they don't, then who doesn't? What's wrong with women preachers? You know, I, I really don't care who does and who doesn't. I okay. think what we're after is what is right and what is wrong. And Paul's argument for okay. Gentiles being accepted into the body is that God has accepted Gentiles into the body. Okay. He saw, thank you, thank you, I got them before you. Uh, uh, you know, God has, has uh, Gentiles have become saved. Gentiles have been filled with the Holy Spirit. Gentiles are using the gifts of the Spirit in Paul's presence, and they are active in the church, and they have taken a role with God's blessing, obviously, because God has anointed them and if, as Bill said, the, the women preachers are speaking in an anointed way, then that's God's blessing Correct. right there. Who are we as humans to question God? And also, Jesus Correct. never said anything about that. It's that's just kind of twice obscurely in Paul's writings that are to a specific church but in a specific region in a specific timeline. You have to this, look are, are you about to quote some Paul to me later? Because I think Paul yeah. is something of a misogynist. <laughs> yeah, there, there are a couple yeah. of lines where Paul was kind of off. I think his wife or ex-wife. We're also interpreting it through like modern English. I and think that's not there's, Yeah, I think there's some things in there. Well, the one scripture where it talks about women should be silent in the church and that type of thing, you have to go back and look culturally what was going on at that time. Women were not educated or anything, so they would have questions. And they were separated. And they were separated, so they were saying, hey, wait. There's a punctuation. I forget what it's called, but it means sarcasm. Like, no, like that's not how it is. And, and yeah. so if you read it with, when you look at the punctuation, in the original language, it's he's not saying. I don't that. think Greek has punctuation. No, but there's this little. I forget what it's called. It's like an inflection point. Yeah, and it means like, okay. no, I'm being sarcastic. But well, I think it's interesting that there was an exclamation mark after no in verse 11, and I don't know how you interpret an exclamation mark point in Greek. Okay, one last question, I promise. Yes. Oh, yeah. Really, you promise? Can we write it down? Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. If. There's no such thing as a woman preacher, according, I guess, to AG. That, that's not what, no, no that's no, not what AG no, says. According to some other, other denomination. Exactly. If there's no such thing as a woman preacher, then who can be a woman preacher in what denomination? Anybody? Anybody. In a denomination that allows it. Women not all men. But I'm just playing, okay, before the women attack me, mm -hmm. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Okay. The okay. How do we love here in 1 Timothy 2.12, but suffer not a woman to teach in the church oh. over a man? How do we deal with that? Devil's advocate, okay? Well, here's the thing that we still got to understand. I don't know it's that still, women in the church is even a point in this verse, but it, go ahead, go ahead. It's, go still, ahead. it's still to this day over in the east that the women have to cover themselves. Right. The women can't be educated. The women can't, they can't do it. The women are basically still slaves over there. I mean, that's the way I always looked at the Old Testament. The women were always kind of like slaves. They couldn't, 
they, they, they had to do what they had to do. They couldn't do certain things, and it's still that way over in, in, in that country. I'm pro-woman creature people, okay? All right, so don't just assume. Well, yeah. I'm just, people ask me, well, how do other denominations come up with their beliefs? Right. I'm not telling you how they do this, mm -hmm. because they, because I, we've been associated with those denominations before, and, and they, they will sit here and say, okay, so your personal opinion goes over what the Word of God says, and it says, I will not have a woman to kill her man in a church. Hold on, wait a second. I think everyone's attacking me. Also, Jesus said, And he also said that the kingdom of heaven has arrived. If women weren't educated in scripture and weren't learned and taught, then how can they teach scripture if they weren't learned and taught? So that's. So I think it's just suffer not. And my my take on this is that they, it's not about the men ruling over the women. It's about them serving the women. And so if it's like a burden to put it on her, he's going to take the burden. Right. I think that's where this is coming from, and in a place of service, not like a lord over, and they can't, they need to shut up. Like, I don't, mm -hmm. I, I think that's where it's coming from. And then, so, then she basically said what, what I was trying to say is, then that's the way it still is in the Middle East, and y'all correct me if I'm wrong, but it's still that way over there that the women, the men lord over the women. I mean, they're not allowed to be educated or anything. Am yes. I correct in, in that? Those are the Muslims. Those are the Muslims. Muslims. Well, I mean, most of that. Yeah, over I know a lot of those Christian denominations over there too, and they do the same exact thing. So, it's it's a cultural thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But if it's a cultural thing, then why don't some people allow women to preach and other people don't? Because they're taking it's certain scriptures to believe a certain way. They were why? Not that way. Same yeah. same thing. Why why do we believe all the charismatic gifts that are taught in the Bible and other churches don't? It's I interpretation of scripture. Tell you that answer, but I'm not now. <laughs> well, it's just like I went to preach at a church in McKinney. Brother Judd was the pastor, mm -hmm. but I had to go and get me a white shirt because I had a green shirt on before I could get in his pulpit and preach because he didn't believe in people having color, men having colored shirts. Yeah. Okay. Now that's. Okay, that's well, that's what I would have walked out of the church. Oh, I would have walked out. I would have said, oh, the problem is. Mostly is that uh, we treat uh, the Bible and Scripture like Walmart. You're going down with an owl and a buggy. You're picking off what you want off the shelf. Oh, what yeah. you want, you're dumping it to edify yourself. So that's what all boils down. Thank you, Kenny, for the Walmart metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so the scriptures about like family order and things like mm -hmm. that. Everybody. If you really look at it, it's about serving and and, and not. It's never about, like, you know, lording over. Well, it's not a 50-50 or right. a 80-20. It's a 100%, yeah. 100%. That's how I fully serve him. He fully serves me. Well, and that's the way it's supposed to be. What she's trying to Fully. 36 years of marriage. I just found that out. Fully. I went to a brother in church. You just got served. And women had to wear so if, and only if, women have to wear coverings or wear dresses or whatever yes. it might be, yes. why are women held to a higher standard than men? Well, I think Jesus put it pretty eloquently when he said, well, you Pharisees, you know, and started digging in on some of the religious mindsets instead of missing the actual points of you know, what the kingdom of God meant. So, I mean, I think that's who you're referring to. Yes. You know, I'm straining out a dad and eating a camel. 
I yeah. bet if we actually studied the rest of this chapter, <laughs> it would answer a lot of the questions that we're throwing out there. Because the ultimate decision by this council uh, is pretty broad reaching and, and it addresses all of that. No, I just want to ask what's what's where was it that Paul and and Peter got into it over the circumcision? No, I don't think they did. They yeah, because remember he said he no, stood him to his face. Didn't happen. That was when he was hanging out with the Jew because he's worried about losing face. It had nothing to do with circumcision. Okay. Okay. So, so, uh, this question comes before the council of, I guess, elders in Jerusalem, and they are deciding whether or not this party of Pharisees has a point, and these Gentiles coming into the Christian faith need to first become Jews and follow this, these, these long list of things that they have to do before they can become Christians, and Peter uh, the leader of the apostles makes this point that you know I did have a dream from God that said that wasn't a big that wasn't an issue and that Gentiles should be allowed into the church and then Paul and Barnabas in verse 12 stand up and they talk about marvelous signs and wonders and I interpret that to mean uh, we had converted Gentiles in these Gentile churches in which they are planting, in which miracles were happening, and God is blessing these Gentiles. And then James speaks up and makes a ruling, which I think is fascinating. By the way, this is not James, son of Zebedee. He's dead at this point. He was the first martyr. This is James, uh, who the Catholics call the just, brother of Jesus Christ, who has kind of risen to the top of the church hierarchy well, they, they off say, camera here. Say, so, yes. They say these men are, that, that are questioning this, are, and, I, and you tell me what this word means, are, they're saying that they're cat, Catholicity. Excuse me? Cat, Catholicity. C-A-T-H-O-L-I-C-I-T-Y. I don't know what that means. It says that, it says that they're, but that's kind of what the men are being, and so I was just curious what that I reference means. I don't know what that, that means either. Or in your side notes. In my side notes, it okay. says that that's what the men, and Romans one fourteen confirms that, what they're being. Well... I don't know, Bill. Uh, James, who is the head of the Jerusalem church, we assume from this verse, uh, quotes Amos to back up his ruling because that's what good lawyers do. You want to show a precedent. And in Amos, in the Old Testament, Amos basically foretells that the Gentiles are going to be included among the faithful. And see, in 19, he says, it is my judgment. So it's not like they're voting. He's the authority. Therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Instead, we should write to them and tell them. And then we have this list, which is just really interesting. 
And I, as I was studying this, I hung up more on this than I did any of the rest of it because I thought, where did that come from? And I think it's like there was a lot of discussion in this council beyond these two speeches that we see here. Um, I can tell you that from being on our school board, uh, church board, excuse me, uh, I'm, the, I'm, I'm the secretary, and I'm supposed to write down all the decisions that are made by the board. And often what I write is uh, so-and-so made a motion, uh, there was 10 minutes of discussion, then there was a second, and we voted it with unanimous, and it carried. And that's usually what I write. But there's 10 minutes of discussion that really should not be recorded. Because stupid stuff gets said. You know, Sometimes really funny stuff gets said that should not be recorded in the minutes. You need to watch the Vicar of Dimley and the secretary writes everything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it is not, Robert's Rules of Order never wanted you to write everything down. That was, it's, honestly, it works against you if you... And uh, sometimes, you know, we, we'll argue about something until, until it stops, and we all were in agreement, but, and I just, you know, I have to make it look like it was professional after it was over with, and I'm not sure we even arrived at it. Do you know why we say stupid things in this class? Because we're stupid? No. Oh, why? why? You're stupid. Oh, thanks. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Okay. You're just ignorant That is of the, so hurtful. You're ignorant of your Sunday school book. That's okay. <laughs> I don't have a Sunday school now, book. See, oh, he's okay. Got, he's got the Bible and he's doing uh, great. Thank you. Thank you, Faith, for the vote of our confidence. It's the living Bible. Okay, so, okay, hold on. I am making a point. So, James, James is making his ruling, and he drops these four requirements on these churches, which we have not yet. We just said that the only thing that is required is belief on Jesus Christ, and we do not have to follow the law of Moses. And then he says, oh, wait, except for these four laws of Moses, and you need to follow these. Don't you think he did but that he, because he lost the, the deal on circumcision, so he decided he'd throw something else in there that they'd have to require to do because he lost the vote on certain, you know, on circumcision. No, I don't think that's it. But you can take some of this and go back to the two things that Jesus said, we're to love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our soul, and all our mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Well, if you look at this list, idol sacrifice, well, that would be in contrast to loving the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul. So he's really just going back and saying, hey, here's some things that I would suggest you not have in your life. If you look at where they took this letter, because they're about to send this letter, he did not send the letter to every church. He did not send the letter to churches that were entirely Gentile. Right. The churches that they mentioned are churches that are about half Gentile and half Jewish. It's where they have a cultural conflict. Mm -hmm. It is where Jews and Gentiles are sitting down and yeah. breaking bread together. Right. And Jews have a very ritualistic, structured way of breaking bread and then you have the Greeks, who are basically a biker gang. And so barbarians. they're barbarians, yes. And so the, the Jews are offended by the Greeks, and the Greeks are snubbed by the Jews, and we have this cultural clash. And so 
James is not saying you must do these four things in order to be a Christian. He's saying, let's okay, let's, look, why don't you guys try to get along? Yeah. And so he hits the top four things that are going to annoy the Jewish people in the room when you're having dinner. Well, I don't know where sexual immorality fits into that statement, but still. Uh, and basically it's about, it's about sacrificed idols. Uh, these are all from Leviticus. These are things that come from the, 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 the Mosaic law. And he's saying if you hit these four things, you should be able to get along a bit more with the Jews. And I, I, th I thought the immorality thing was interesting. It's like how trivial to say that you can, you can be moral or not moral, just you know, don't annoy the Jews with it. I think that there's an interpretation thing going on there. And the only commentary I found, and I'm not entirely sure I'm 100% on this, is that in Leviticus, there, it's not really talking about um, sex outside of marriage. It's not talking about perversion. It's talking about Levitical prescriptions on marrying your sister. There are, in, 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 yeah, because basically it literally says that you're not supposed to marry all of these family members. And in the, the, the Hebrews took that very seriously, even though Abram did marry his sister, now that I think about it. Uh, but then in, the, uh, in, in, in all of these Greek cultures, that was not ever considered. Well, you know, the Greeks had some weird, because I've been looking at some of the Greek mythology, they had some strange mythologies. Greek I said London like Mary But now, here's, here's the thing. You know what? I have a whole lecture on that, actually. <laughs> if you, if you go we are not much better as Americans, by the way. If we go back and read the Old Testament, though, they did. They married cousins. They married. They were supposed to marry within their family, so how did they keep from marrying their sister? Well, basically, James, to finish my thought, is saying that if you could maybe refrain from marrying your cousin... And, uh, and, 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 and keep all of the idol feet off of the table when you eat with the Jews, we're going to get along. He was not prescribing these things to the Gentiles in order to be Christian. He's basically asking them to get along. And so in this ruling, he says all of those works and all of those uh, man-made standards that people put, all of those colors of shirts and all of those hairstyles and all of that music prescriptions, what style of music you play, all of that is nonsense. The only thing that we need to pay attention to is God's salvation and our acceptance of it, and the rest is details. And not try to live by somebody our, our church here, when Patty and I first came, women had to wear dresses. They couldn't go on the stage. But it's a man-made standard. It has nothing to do with their salvation. Paul, so there. Paul's yes. teaching later goes on because he's talking when he, I think it was in Romans where he starts talking about, you know, he says, some of you have problems with me buying my meat at the market that just got sacrificed to idols. I have no problem with meat. But for a weaker brother, yes. I, if I know the guy, if, if I'm sitting here and I know Lee has a problem with me, I'm not, even though <laughs> I have no problem, I don't see any sin in it. I'm going to respect Lee. Right. And I think that's that's what they're kind of like. Okay, can we at least decrease it? It offends some people. Can you just stay away from that? And and well, we've know. seen that play out even in our class today. Right. 
pastor has asked people to start fasting and, and, mm -hmm. and praying and stuff like that. You notice there's no donuts in class. Today. No, there's not, because I'm a weak man. No, weak well, man. well, but it also goes back to respecting those that are trying to make that commitment yeah. to do that and not put a stumbling block for our brother. I would preach from a little bit more traditional Bible in front of certain congregations out of respect to the people in the congregation, not because I believe they were right or I was wrong. But you uh, want the message I mean, to be Because when I start, if I get up and preach from my preferred New American Standard, they're going to go, what in the world? It's just respect. Well, now, if they come up and say, you, which so. version do you prefer? The American Standard. And it, because Paul goes in to talk about the weaker brother. And, you know, I, I could care less about what people think about Christmas. I like Christmas. I like the Christmas tree. I like Santa Claus. I like all those things. I know there are people who have problems with it. I respect their opinion. I'm not going to force it down their throats, but I don't want them forcing their stuff down my throat either. Well, it's just like when you witness somebody, you don't witness to them arguing with them. You witness to them, and if they don't believe it, then you just move on because you've done your part. You've witnessed to them, and whether they accept it or not. I, I think the problem we face, though, but whenever when, all of us, when we have that one particular thing that's a work that we think is real and true Christianity, that's the way we present it, you know. Well, yeah, all your opinions are your opinion. You need to keep it to yourself. My thing against Christmas, though, that's gospel. Mm -hmm. And you're going, it's, it's, it's a workspace. Gospel. We, we are all subject to that. It's like the man I worked with, he was real heavy in on the Torah, saying, mm -hmm. you know, the Torah. They still believe in the Torah. And I'm not really exactly <coughs> about all the things about the Torah. I, you haven't read Leviticus? Yes, I've read Leviticus. <laughs> and, he, and he would take off work for every one of the holidays, holidays that they made back there, you know, in Leviticus. Well, that's all in one. <laughs> because he celebrated all of those, you know, all of those. So. Uh, we die on the sword of what we believe. So I have to assume that he's Jewish because isn't the Jewish faith the one that stands so, strong? So just to clarify, women are in the assemblies of God. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. They are, to be fair. And they can, they can even be ordained by and large in most of those. They can preach. It is allowed. The Secretary General of the Assembly is not the woman. That was less controversial than the I'm, about I'm sorry to hear that. And I, I'm out. glad that they were wise to be quiet. <laughs> I, I hope that would not have gone over very well. Uh, it, they knew the better than to make a too big, but some of them were threatening to take me to This is not the assembly of God I grew up in. Bro, I guess not. The question is, it's not that it's assemblies of God or Baptist or whatever it is. The question is, who's right? Is it the Bible or is it our it's doctrine? The Yeah, but a white guy eventually took it over. Oh, that makes it perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm, 
Depends on which faction you went with, yeah, actually. Yeah, that, went, but that went two ways. Charles <laughs> Carlin came back and took it over, tried to take it over. That's yeah. just like that between the Church of God Same and the Assemblies of God, the their difference is sanctification. Exactly. They, they believe one way sanctification, Assembly of God believes a different. I have a feeling Kevin wishes that the women be silent in church would have been in fact. Don't put words in my mouth. <laughs> Don't put words in my mouth. Next. Okay, um, we are out of time, um, and we have just finished verse 21, I think, and we will pick it up at verse 22 next time with James's big letter, and then Paul and Barnabas have the big fight. Uh, and with that, we are signing off. Goodbye.